Hey, welcome back to the first podcast. This is Brian. This is Snake Eyes. Oh my God, you're, Sorry. Such, you're such a douche. <laughs> Dude, Sir, Snake Eyes is like Dude. on my wall right now looking at me. He so. doesn't talk. I know. <laughs> if you wanted to really do that, you could have gone, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> I would have just, I could have just, you know, brought out my, uh, my blade and just signed with my, with my knife. Exactly. That's that right. would have worked. Thrown a throwing star at someone, done a judo chop to someone, maybe done a flip. Who knows? <laughs> Watched your master die at the hands of your best friend, who then became your greatest rival. You know, those are all better ways to greet you, introduce yourself as Snake Eyes than saying, hi, my name is Snake Eyes. Everybody couldn't have seen that, though. But it's going to make an impact. <laughs> oh, would be a total non... Would be an impact, what, like wrestling? Whatever, slap nuts. Anyway. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show. This is episode 359. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Cavill. Yay. Henry Cavill's coming back. We're going to get to that. Um, but we're also going to talk about Westworld news that literally just dropped as Daryl was begging me to let him onto the call. Um, there's some Netflix news, some X-Men news to the MCU. Um, PlayStation VR duh, is launching this month. And uh, like I said, Henry Cavill. And then we're going to do another round of what we're watching because we haven't done that in a while. And uh, it's very fun to do. Anyway. Daryl, before we get started, I just want to let everyone out there know it is Friday, November 4th. Go to iTunes if you have Apple and buy Tim Cast's new song, Genocide. And go to iTunes if you have it and buy Tom McDonald's new song, Fighter. Uh, as we're recording this right now, um, Tim's song, Tim Pool's song, uh, Genocide, is number one on the iTunes charts. Number one overall, beating Taylor Swift. That's pretty sweet. It's pretty awesome. And it's a good song. It's actually a good song. The last song, I was not a huge fan of. It's a little too emo for me. But like, if you like like pop punk, uh, Sum 41, Blink-182, stuff like that, you'll like this song. Yeah, it really, like just hearing the, the little part oh, yeah. I heard over the mic, it, it, it sounds exactly like some of those. Yeah, you'd have no idea. And that's enough for fair use. Yeah, I, anyway, I, I will absolutely um, be listening to that. But later. yeah, and, and if you can buy it, even better, because then it'll chart on the top 100 um, billboard chart. Because um, it, it goes with, um, so for every purchase, it's like worth like 150,000 streams or something crazy like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that's fun. Uh, hopefully we'll have, um, some fun news to talk about next week, um, depending, but we'll just keep a button on that for right now. Uh, and so, yeah, D, how you doing, buddy? You good? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day. We got a wind advisory out here. I don't know if you got that. We well. do not. We have a beautiful blue sky. It's like 70 something degrees. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it was nice. I, I took yeah. a walk uh, this morning, and it was it was cooler, but it was still, you knew it was going to get nice out. Yeah. It's going to be in the 70s all week. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. It's going to be uh, – we, we were joking last night that uh, every time we say this is the last nice weekend, we get another nice weekend <laughs> the week after. So this is the last nice weekend. <laughs> and, is that your final answer? Yeah, yes, that is final, final answer. Like let's have another 70-degree weekend the week after this. Put it this way. I would bet your life that we are not going to get another. I would bet your life. <laughs> That nothing is going to happen to those Michigan State players because, like, they should win an award, uh, to be honest. Yeah. For beating yeah. up a Michigan they... player. Oh, and using a helmet as a weapon, by well, the way. Well, I mean, that's just, you know, a thing that coward little bitches do. Karen Donald. Right? Right? So, anyway, uh, let's hop right into our first story of the day. Um, this is the one that just broke as we were getting to uh, go on air. Uh, HBO just canceled Westworld. After four seasons, uh, 54 Emmy nominations, including a win for Best Supporting Actress for the amazing Tandy Newton. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this this includes last month uh, John Nolan saying that uh, he hoped HBO would give them a fifth season to wrap up the show's ambitious story which chronicled a robot uprising that changed the fate of humanity. Um, and this is the thing. Since the show start, they had planned for five seasons. Mm -hmm. So um, real quick, we'll get a little more into to Westworld, but um, Warner Brothers Discovery is increasing their cost-cutting to target $3.5 billion in, in canceled um, stuff. That's a lot. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that, that, that's, that's unscripted programming, scripted family fair, children's all like across the board, they're going to be making cuts. I mean, thanks Joe Biden. <laughs> like, I mean, is that, that like, is inflation part of this, you know, um, I don't know. I really liked season four. I actually liked season three too, but I really liked season four, especially with the big twist that happened with like where it was in the timing of, yeah. of everything that was happening. I, I thought it was great. Um, I think Lisa Joy and, and Jonathan Nolan might be the best like creator, showrunner, executive producer duo in the history of television because Say what you will. It might have, like, you know, the story might have gotten a little weird. They might have, like, done a reboot. They even did a retread season. But that being said, they kept everything tight. That story was tight. There was no, like, they tied up loose ends as they introduced new loose ends. Right. It was like the anti-lost. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Well, no, I, I watched the first seven episodes of that and then missed a week or two and then i just and fell you just off and gave I, up yeah i mean I, I i started watching that when it first aired and i just kind of lost lost the momentum so yeah um the thing is is, is westworld um the, the from the first season was like just an amazing like touchstone touchstone um like tentpole of a television series Everybody talked about it. It was great. The second season, the numbers went down a little bit, and then they just kind of stayed flat. I think the biggest issue, one, is season three was pretty divisive. Absolutely. Two, they, mm -hmm. didn't, they didn't really 
promote season four when it came out. It was like, oh, Westworld's on tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, and absolutely. And then three, they took way too long in between seasons. It's almost like that is a that's going to happen more with things like, for example, we we got, you know, the House of the Dragon. This mm-hmm. we're not going to get that until 24. And well, actually, I mean, look at some that, of... that might not be true because they start filming. Really? They start filming right after the first of the year. So it's very possible that it could be done and come out around the same time as as it did this year. Mm-hmm. Well, but okay. So going back to what you were saying, I, I, I absolutely love season one. Mm-hmm. Season two was one of those that it was just it's like season three was up and down, but I think season three had a clearer path. And I, sure. that's why I like season three more. Yeah. It took me a, a while to get, get, get into it. And I think that was kind of like a hangover from season two, even though I have not finished season four, I'm like, I, I just told you before I'm halfway through episode seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to finish that, but I've liked season four so far. And as far as Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa joy, Funny enough, in the what you're what you're watching, mm-hmm. he's actually he's a producer behind the peripheral, and nice. they as a, you know as a production team will be bringing the Fallout video game series to Amazon Prime in the near future. Oh, that's awesome! So, I think they are. You're right. They are. They are dynamite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The peripheral is one that I definitely want to watch. I will say this. Yeah. I will trade The Last of Us series for however long it goes on for one final season of of um westworld you know from what i've seen of last of us i think it looks good but i I can't well i guess i can't speak on the westworld because i don't know how it ended so you know and i but knowing nolan and joy Mm -hmm. i mean that's they do they do they just do good work so it's 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 a sad thing Especially because, as they said, they had planned for five seasons. When when you get that from a show that they've planned for a certain amount of seasons, and then it gets kind of cut off, and not because it's it's a crap show, just because the numbers aren't there from a budgetary perspective and a viewing perspective. Mm-hmm. That's that is disappointing. Yeah, uh, that's just disappointing to hear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, HBO, you know, HBO Max has, you know, a lot of upheaval that's going to be happening here in the near future. Warner Brothers Discovery, the merger, you know, it's it they're they're going to go with whatever is the cheapest stuff to make that keeps the most subscribers. Right. Um, yeah. Which, you know, to be fair, this is what got Netflix in trouble by not making just stuff that people want to just sit and binge. And going after these big like ten pole series that then all of a sudden became super divisive when they got political. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first season like Euphoria is mentioned in this article, um, along with the White Lotus Succession and House of the Dragon. I really liked the first season of Euphoria. I thought it was a very interesting story. Um, where Euphoria lost me is they waited a whole extra year to come out because of the pandemic. And then they did these two like weird like filler episodes that were like in between, right, yeah. and it's like what, what, why? And I didn't like either one of them. Like, I, like you know, again, I, I also think I, I've reached like peak 
Zendaya, like playing Zendaya, you know, just the the snarky, <laughs> like eye rolly thing, which I thought she was like, I actually thought she was relatively different than that in the first season. But that being said, I, I, the first season of Euphoria is a very, very good show and it's very dark and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, House of the Dragon, we just got done reviewing it. We both enjoyed it. We gave it, you know, high marks throughout the entire season. Um, and it's interesting to see where that's going to go and how long it's going to go for. Uh, Succession is 100% the best thing HBO has done in the last 10 years. Yeah, I can't comment on that. I, I still want to watch that, though. Yeah, you absolutely should. Uh, and then The Last of Us, who who knows? And I'll talk more about The White Lotus because that's in my what we're watching section. So we've both spoiled one thing so far. Um, but yeah, cutting three point five billion out is a uh, is a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going to go. I'm assuming Titans, which just came out, this will be the last uh, the last um, episode or season. You know, season four. I'm guessing. I don't know. It's interesting because Titus Welliver is playing Lex Luthor, and he has a very interesting look about him. Yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, I, I would have to say that that show's gone. I, I was actually surprised it got a season four, just based on the the ratings we it was getting in the first couple seasons, and not just the ratings, but like the quality of. And again, there were episodes that I absolutely just love but then it was, it was just up and down and so anything like that i would say that has i guess you would say divisive in the sense of ratings and reactions and you know call also cost uh, you know some pennies is going to get axed mm -hmm. yeah you're right so all right let's uh let's move on to our next story that actually made you a little mad <laughs> Well, yeah, one aspect of it is just just stupidity. I, I would say that, just absolute stupidity. So, but. so yeah, Netflix ad ad tier is launching today. Uh, well, this was yesterday, launching November third, in uh, in eight countries. Um, the eight countries will uh, go live in the United States, the United Kingdom, Australia, Japan, Brazil, France, Germany, Italy, and. South Korea. Uh, I guess it's already been lit up, as this deadline article says, in Canada and Mexico, and Spain will follow on November 10th. Uh, pricing by region, but at $6.99 a month, the U.S. plan is towards the lower end of the streaming spectrum, a dollar cheaper than Disney's forthcoming tier with ads, and less, ha less than half the amount of the popular option, which cost $15.49. So... Um, yeah. Thoughts. Well, actually, you want to share what you were all yeah. hot and bothered about. Okay. So, so the idea of ads and everything like that—that's not a big deal. I had Hulu for the longest time, and I I suffered through ads in Hulu TV shows. That's fine. It's understandable. Hell, even if you want to own a feature film to th throw ads, just kind of like you're in the movie, and that would actually yeah, put you almost like you're in the movie theater. Put five hell even eight minutes of ads if you want in front of a movie before it starts these knuckleheads thinks it's a good idea to put ads in movies right so fact that i'm watching a netflix the fact that i'm watching a st streaming app anyway a streaming service 
I don't want commercials in my movies. You know, commercials in TV shows are annoying. Uh, and again, once you go to the no ads on TV shows, you're like, okay, I'm not going back. Right. So I, so I get what you've been talking about all these years, especially with, with a short show, like say we, you know, we watch modern family and there's, it seems like there's an, there's like three or four ads every four minutes. Right. To interrupt the immersion of a movie to throw out some stupid ads is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand what they were thinking with that. I mean, I, I'll, as, I'll say as, this. I will pay whatever it costs not to have ads. Yeah. It, it's it's ridiculous. And, and again, this is the thing. It, it also depends on what you're watching on Netflix. Why you would, So if I'm just watching TV shows... Or if I was just, wa- I would say if I was just watching movies, you know, again, this goes the same thing with Hulu. Didn't have a problem with Hulu during movies when I had the the ad plan. It was just the TV shows. Mm-hmm. So, again, I understand what they're trying to do. These 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 knuckleheads didn't think it all the way through. Now mm-hmm. they did say that feature productions like they gave Knives Out to, for example will only have ads at the front end. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like what I'm talking about. Like all that, all movies should. It should only be in the front, having ads in the front end and that's it. Five minutes, we're good. Enjoy your movie. Right. And who knows if they'll change that. It, I, I'm, I'm going to be very curious over the next couple months, the feedback that they get from this. And, and as far as what, and it, we, it'll probably be a little bit longer before we receive yeah. the numbers. As far as are, are is this going to actually really bring in more revenue from a subscriber standpoint? Yeah, the article talks about how they have hundreds of ad- advertisers signing up, but it doesn't make sense for the ad for them to keep paying the advertisers if people aren't signing up for this. So yeah, seeing in the next four to six months, it'll be uh, it'll be nice to revisit this to see how they're actually doing with this service, because from a price point stand, you know, from a price point, it's it's good six six and some change yep 649 yes but are people that have have or had 99 sorry Net, yeah for people to have had net that have had netflix before and are is that going to be enough to bring them back especially when they're going to have to deal with ads now and, and I, I know disney plus is going to do the same thing uh, just I, I don't know i i'll be curious to see like i said four to six months from now to see if this actually does something for their bottom line. Right. But ads between, but ads during movies is stupid regardless. Right. So dumb. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, here's my thought. I'm not a huge fan of Netflix. I, I got it for Cobra Kai. I'm hanging on to it. Cause we're going to talk about, um, season two of warrior none. And then I'm back out until the next season of Cobra Kai comes out. I got to, I caught up on, on, on what's it called on, um, umbrella Academy, but I have, I don't, I don't regularly even open it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm just too lazy to cancel it and then redo it. And, <laughs> so, um, and plus when the kids over here, she watches it a little bit, but anyway, um, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting and we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. All right, let's move on to the next one. Cause we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, so the X-Men, um, the, so this is a rumor, 
um, which, you know, it's, it's talking about Disney, so this rumor is probably true. Um, but the rumor is Disney to race swap a number of X-Men for the Marvel Cinematic use, Universe, use cameos from Fox Film as a better bait for fan interest. Um, yeah, so there's a there's a great quote. Where did this quote go? Um, from from in here talking about how oh, oh why is this blocking this stupid ad? Um, anyway, th so they're, they're gonna they're gonna do this, and you know they're they're gonna piss everybody off, and they're gonna ruin the X Men like they they've ruined everything else. Um, no, this quote is talked about, it, it's not a matter of, of if they're going to do this or not, it's, uh, how much are they going to do it? Yes. So, uh, I can tell you right now, they are going to take, because Cyclops is the leader of the team and he can't have a straight white man leading any team in any form of anything right now. So they're either going to make him... Uh, sexually ambiguous about what he's into or um, because he's got red hair, we know where, which way it's going to go. <laughs> That's sad. That's right? really sad. And again, we, we all know where this is going. And this And I know this is a rumor, but this is like from the very start, what was it last year they were talking or beginning of this year, they were mentioning uh, Denzel Washington for one of the roles. And again, I love Denzel Washington. I, one of my favorite actors ever. And as, as either, I think they were looking at him as Professor X or Magneto, one of the two. But th those type of things are going to happen. We know it. We absolutely know it. I would be surprised if there was more than one or two, you know, straight white individuals. Right. In the, on the X-Men team. Oh, yeah. I'm, and I'm not joking. Mm -hmm. I, I would be very, I would be, I would be surprised if there's more than one. Mm-hmm. It's just the way they do, and again, if if they do like the, like I think they're gonna do, I'm just you know well you know what like you just said about Netflix, I'm out. Yeah, because that's where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm out on the MCU already. I mean, yeah, I, I'm out right. I'm out right now. Uh, like you know, we got the 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 news that Aubrey Plaza, who I think we both like a lot, yeah. is gonna be in Agatha. You know, whatever it is, Agatha yeah. Harkness, Coven of Darkness. It doesn't whatever. mean oh, I'm gonna watch that rhymes. It. <laughs> don't hate the player hate the game bars but yeah. i i just it there it's to the point now and what they're doing this crap with the namor or as he said namor namor whatever yeah it's this is it's 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 almost along the lines like why do you hate us so much and, and when i say us i mean just people in general like why right. why do you hate us why do you hate yourselves because yeah. you 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 are hurting your bottom line by doing this. Yep, yep. Because yep, yep. you know what the, you know if any if any any comic out there that doesn't need any touching up of diversity and inclusion, it's the X Men. Right. If you if you want to talk about any comic, the X Men is the last one you need to say. Okay, we should change this guy's race. We should yep. change this woman's race. We should change this person's gender. Well, whatever. Here's the problem with all of this. Her name is Victoria Alonso. She has been saying for years the name X-Men is problematic because there aren't just men on the team. Uh. Um, so she she's the one who's pitched this whole Namor thing, which in the MCU is short for El Nino Sin Amor. Um, 
And if you translate that to it means the boy without love. Uh, which I tweeted in reply to this uh, Cosmic Marvel post. Uh, it's a shame that someone working for Marvel, Victoria Alonso, knows so little about the characters which she's supposed to be the steward. She just wants to change these things based on her ideology, right? This this is mm-hmm. this is what got Ruin Johnson in trouble with Star Wars. Is he didn't care if he turned off the fan base. He he doesn't he doesn't even care if he turns off half of the people that go see his films, right? He he just wants to be problematic. Yeah. And that's you're basically, and again, this is <laughs> kind of going to She-Hulk here. What you when you do stuff like that, you're nothing but in a, in a way a troll mm-hmm. because you're doing this to get a reaction, knowing you're going to get a negative reaction. And instead of saying, you know, instead of ignoring the reaction, or or looking for that reaction like Ruin does, mm-hmm. because he does uh, again, it's just saying what is best for the character. Who yeah. is this character? These people don't ask that question. No, they do not. You know how I know? Because I see these things. Mm-hmm. I we, we watch these things and we say, who is this character? Like, right. this is not the character that we know, that we've known for 40 years. Right. That has been in movies, it's been in comics, been in TV well, shows. And this is not the game more. It's character. like 80 years. Yeah. Like, dude's oh, been around man, forever. Been he, like, predates a ton of characters. You know, and here's the thing is like everyone's like, oh, it's just Roman spelled backwards. It's like that's because Stanley was lazy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, but like he, he's the king of Atlantis. Like he's he's a very specific kind of character. Plus, he's a mutant. Which I think was I don't think that's how he was from the beginning or, or whatever. Um, that being said, uh, I, I, I do I do firmly believe that they've skipped a few steps here with Namor and Black Panther because they are they are very much antagonistic towards each other as part of the Illuminati, as uh, all parts of different things. During the AVX, um, <clears throat> Namor floods Wakanda, and it looks like they're going to do this in Wakanda forever, uh, killing tons of Wakanadians. Wakandans? W- w- Wakonians? I think Wakanadians. No. I like Wakanadians because it's an authoritarian ethno state. So um, <laughs> <clears throat> that being said, uh, okay, uh, I got you. <laughs> uh, you know, that being said, uh, I, I do, I do think they're skipping a whole bunch of steps, and they're just getting introduced this character. They're going to do the flood because you see it in the in the god awful trailers, and oh my god, does it look bad? Um, but I, I, it's. I I just, I, I'm so, I, she needs to step down. Kevin Feige needs to step down. I saw one of my buddies that texted, he's like, Elon should buy Disney. It's like, well, he can't afford to buy Disney because like Disney's expensive and he just spent $44 billion on something that he most likely is just going to shut down. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. But the, the X-Men are just something so special and like, at no point has diversity in X-Men ever been an issue. And the only time it becomes an issue are when douche, douche nozzles, <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis, um, decide to like change 
well-established characters like Iceman not for the better. Making Iceman gay added nothing to that character, and it took away, at that point, 60 years of character growth and development to be this snotty little punk-ass kid to the alpha level, or I'm sorry, omega level. Omega level, yeah. That he he is, and he's a leader, and he was a man, and he was he was just, you know, he was considerate. It was all of these things. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, they reverted him to being a boy. They they de-aged him so he could have sex with another boy because these people are perverts. Yes. And I, that's that, what it, it is at the end of the day. They get off on this perverted, perverse shit. I There's really nothing to say uh, other than that because – I haven't seen it, but it's funny. I was watching a video with uh, Chris Gore, who I, I, lo- I just love his commentary oh, yeah. on films. Yeah. And he was talking about Pinocchio live action. And, and he mentioned that Tom Hanks is is happy and jumping up and down because he has a little boy. And he's mm-hmm. comparing it to like some of the stuff in Hollywood. And, oh, yeah. You know, what you just said there. Again. I had been at the peak of the MCU. I was one of those people that I was excited for the prospect of having the X Men mm-hmm. come into the MCU. Even though I, I did like the Fox X Men movies, especially Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. First Class, the original, the first two, mm-hmm. uh, the first X Men, and I, I like those. I loved Logan, and I, but I just wanted them in the year. I wanted to see that interaction with Cap and Iron Man. Yeah. And again, this I'm talking about like 2014 mm-hmm. to 16 when everything was right. just. It was just going. It was humming like a well-oiled machine. Well, even and... if you take this most recent one with the the Phoenix Saga cast with with Ty, Ty Sheridan as Cyclops, um, mm-hmm. Sophie, what's her name, Sansa Stark as um, Jean Grey, Jean Grey, Al- yeah. Alexandra, um, shit, I can't remember her last name now. Ship, um, ship. Oh, I was close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was who? Who was a highly underrated Storm? That kid that played Nightcrawler was great. Um, they had a great, you know, they can pull in the Deadpool Colossus, just all CG character. Um, you know, they, they uh, freaking Evan Peters as, as Pietro was, was actually pretty good too. Um, but like, you know, the, the whole universe swapped and switched. There's multiverse and multitude of madness and stuff like that, right? Drop these kids off. In the current MCU, they're, they're an out-of-place, out-of-universe, but use that cast, but have them be our X-Men. Like, they're starting fresh. Like, Scott's mm-hmm. in school. His powers go off. He blows the roof of the, you know. Like, what would be awesome? 100%. And, and now I'm a little biased, but, like, to start the movie with um, the Summers boys, parents pushing them out of the plane. That would be that would be a nice right? and then that would be a very nice start to a movie. But to then that. you just show you you just show, show them getting pushed out and the the you know thing the parachute you know the thing. Uh, come on, yeah, man. you know um, the thing. You know the true and not Um No, the parachute goes off and then you fade to you know five years later. Um, <laughs> And, you know, he, he's blowing off the, whatever, the roof of the, the orphanage that he was in or the hospital. Um, I, I think, you know, I think that's a really powerful thing. And then, 
James McAvoy, who I mean, whoever you want to get to play Professor X shows up and, you know, recruits the first X-Man. Yeah, it's I I I I was excited, like I said, a few years ago when this part when this sale went through, I, although I did like the idea of competing company studios working with these characters and being separate i also wanted to see them work together and maybe it would have been better if they would have done a deal like they did with sony with spider-man and had the characters go that way instead of having disney have all the rights to these characters because this is coming I know, I know it sounds like doom and gloom because it is in the sense that they're going to screw these characters up yeah. If they do what they've done for the last three or four years. Oh, yeah. So, oh, here I found that quote. It's um, insiders allege the studio's outward look towards race swapping the X and X-Men was not should we do it, but rather how much to include. So, but I mean, if you look at like just recently what Marvel did with um, the what if Miles Morales, they made uh, Professor X Asian. Yeah. Because John Ridley is a moron. John, John, whoever decided it was a good idea to let John Ridley like write Batman, and then Miles Morales does not like superheroes. <laughs> not at all. It's like letting Ta-Nehisi Coates write Captain America. He doesn't like America. Why are you letting these people who hate this stuff do it? Um, the guy who did Andor said, I'm not a fan fan of Star Wars. Well, then great. Go do something else. Stop, please. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just. I mean, you have people out there saying, like, if you're white, you can't go to the, the Black Panther on the first weekend. All right. If the if if that's the case, and, and and white people do not go see Black Panther on the first weekend, and it tanks, you're going to turn around and be like, "Why didn't white people go see it?" Because you said to put yeah. guards at the door of every theater and not let them in, and that they should give their their tickets to a black person. Yeah, this is this is where we are in and, and i'm not just talking about, i'm, I'm yeah. going to try to keep it to the movie perspective sure. and with these studios just the underhanded dirtiness that these studios are doing with these characters mm -hmm. and with movies in general uh, it, it it and again we are people that love movies J just i again I, I was watching chris gore again because i didn't watch his when he was talking about that movie rrr that i told you about that is what mm -hmm. I love about movies a movie like that which again i've i've never watched i've never watched a bollywood i've never watched a tollywood mm -hmm. i think that's or nollywood yeah. movie before that movie watching that movie makes me want to look in more into indian sure. cinema just just one movie I, and i'm and there's a couple on my list that are on netflix i put on my list to watch because just because of one movie because you could see and then there was a quote from this director about uh, about the importance of movies or, you know, mm -hmm. when I make a movie, it's like the, you know, the finances come first. It's because I, it's, uh, it's because I want to tell a story, right? It's like, you can't get that story out of your head. And that's why you, and that basically is saying, that's why he does movies mm -hmm. is to get that story, whatever it is out of his head. Right. That's what I want to, I want back. Right. That's what they did with top gun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's right. what they did with everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. It was just a phenomenal, fun time, a great story. It had heart. All, both of these, all three of these movies, I should say, had right. heart. And that's what we had in the beginning. Right. But we don't have that anymore with these movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that James Gunn can bring that. Bring Gunn in. What was his partner's name? Oh, is it Lassiter? Uh, no, um, no, it's uh, I, I, I name it right yeah. down. I <laughs> hope they can bring that to the DC universe because it it is not in the MCU, and I don't see it in the MCU with Feige still at the helm and with the way Feige has lost it mm-hmm. from from a, a creative perspective. I don't see it. I don't foresee us seeing that in the MCU anytime soon. Right, right. you're absolutely right. One hundred percent right. All right, let's uh, let's move on to uh, our next bit of news. The PS2, or sorry, PlayStation VR2 launch is coming soon. That looks sweet. Yeah, I I just I mean it's cool looking. You... It's like really cool looking, you know. Like I, I like I think the goggles look cool. I like the uh, I love the controller layout and things like that. I'm just so anti VR right now. Um, now that being said, it like if I get it, I'm only going to play one game. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's I I don't have a lot of experience with VR, very little, in fact. So uh, the idea of me paying the same price mm-hmm. for a P for this VR stuff mm-hmm. as I would a PS5. That's and, and again, there's not a lot out there that would, as far as games, you have to have games that's right that say, I have to get this. Mm-hmm. It, and that's what you know, that's why the PlayStation got to where it is. They had games on the platform where it's like, Oh, I it's only on PlayStation, I gotta get yeah. this, I gotta get this, 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 you know, I gotta get this console. Yep, and again, the, this this comes out what February of so next year. For- it, uh, pre orders launch November 15th for $549.99. Uh, and it will officially officially launch on February twenty second, twenty twenty three. Yeah. So, I you know here's the thing: VR technology has come so very far, but it's only a hundred and ten degree field of focus. So okay. like you don't even you can't even get like a whole like human peripheral vision. Right. Like you so, have to, so, so you're right going to have to be turning. And as I'm talking under the mic, turning my head, you turning? you're going to have to turn your head. <laughs> so I'm turning my head as I'm talking. I'm like, you have to do this. Um, it's going to have haptic feedback, which is interesting. You know, I mean, this thing has been in production for years, or not production, in um, you know, planning for years. Uh, that being said, it's, you know, I mean, VR, VR is what they need, right? Um, does Xbox have VR? Uh, I don't. I think. Uh, I think Oculus might work with Xbox. I think it probably does. So, uh, or I mean, we need, to, we need to be Ready Player so. One, man. Come on, let's get us. Let's get to that, and then, then, then you can. Then you. Then you have my attention. How dare you! <laughs> Fumbling around a little bit over there. No, I was just being <laughs> quiet, and I was like, you know what? No, he needs a how dare you for that. No, <laughs> no, we do not. We do. We do not need everybody going straight Wally into virtual reality. Like, no. Like, 
If that's the case, I've, I've got the perfect job opportunity for myself, which I'm not going to say out loud. Um, but <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm going to enjoy doing it. I'm going to be outside. I'm going to be moving around, working with my hands, maybe <laughs> weapons. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting for sure. So I, here's oh, yeah. the thing. I think it looks really good. I, I like that it, it's um, you know, four cameras within the in the headset. Um, the tech of the headset is really good. The problem is, is it's a unitasker virtual reality setup, right? Um, and it also has to attach with a cable. I saw that that and that's now it's a single cable, so you're not gonna get all wrapped up. But like say your PS5 so like is on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um I will say I've become a big fan of the adaptive triggers on the PlayStation 5 remote playing the um the Hot Wheels game. Yeah. But I, I do I love those. Right. I really like I think it I think it's really, really good. Uh it's just one of those things that I um, I don't know. It's it's a like I said, it's a unitasker, and uh, um, I I don't know. Yeah, it. I, I'm and I, I don't because I don't follow this stuff. When I say this stuff, I mean the the VR stuff. Even though I I follow a lot of PlayStation stuff, I haven't been keeping up. Anytime I see VR in the headline, I just kind of move on. Sure. So I don't know how much focus they're doing in game development for these because again, this is a very there's a ton very of games that are already out product. that work with PlayStation VR. The, yeah. the original. Well, what, right? when yeah, work with it. What I'm saying is, is there? I, I mean, I know one. For example, there's going to be a Horizon Zero Dawn spinoff that's mm -hmm. going to be working with VR, right. and it actually looks pretty interesting. Right. I, I mean, I, how much of their focus is going to be on that from a game development standpoint? And I don't mean just you know first party well, Sony games. I yeah. mean just third well, party I mean, gaming that are gaming is not going to be what pushes VR forward. And we can we can talk all day about this, but like the 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 what's going to drive VR forward. I mean, what's driven VR to where it is now is porn, you know, um, to the advances in, in the camera and some of the haptics and stuff like that. Gaming is not going to be what brings full sale adoption. It's going to be, you have, you can go on and you can shop and you can pick up the fruit and kind of look at it and put it back down and move over. And you can have these pseudo tactile experiences in the, in the oh. real world. And, oh, and didn't somebody that. say something about Ready Player One a minute ago? Well, I'm just saying, no, I'm, I'm not advocating <laughs> for this. I'm just saying this is no, how, you're... this is what is well, going to yeah. take it off. So when, when, when PlayStation comes out with this headset that is just for PlayStation, get the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm not paying $600 well, with tax for, for something. Like, and again... It's a great setup. It's got a vent for airflow to reduce fog. It's got four cameras. It's got inside-out tracking that checks your movements. It's got the four-direction camera. Um, hell, it's got the Tempest 3D audio. Like, that is the amphiphonic sound, so everything will be great. And to your point, though, Brian, what you just said about, you know, if it's just for PlayStation, they can actually work with this. The, the problem with them 
is have you ever tried to use the browser for your PS5? Oh, it's or, or your PS4? It's horrible. It's awful. It 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 is there. It it's almost it, not almost. There's no use for it. Right. And so if you're going if to your point, because I I have a hundred agree a hundred percent. If they want this to take off, they have to do more than like I you know I know I was focused on talking about gaming, but you know what you make that point. They're going to have to do something from the standpoint of making it an all world type experience with other mm-hmm. things. And again, that's not all on them because like you said, it's not going to just be them working through. And I, and I think that's kind of how I would see the future of what they're trying to do. Maybe with meta mm-hmm. in the, uh, you know, in the, in the near future, but yeah, 550 bucks for something to on top of 500 plus bucks and however many hoops you have to jump through to get the console itself. That's a big ask. Yeah. Especially when right. you can't use it on anything else. Yeah. So. All right. Let's uh let's talk about Henry Cavill. Uh, toss a coin to your Witcher. Um, yeah. Hey, real quick. Black Adam um on Thursday averaged three hundred and seventy dollars per theater. I'm doing that in my head, and I'm just like forty-four, wow. forty-four oh two. That's the number of theaters it made. One point six million in change on Thursday. Why in the world is that movie still in more last, than two thousand? Last theaters? Thursday, it was three million in change. Three point one million in change made seven hundred nine per theater. Same number of theaters. Um, th- this movie, like, it opened decent. You know, it opened to sixty-seven million. Um, you know, and, and it's at 118 right now. They said it was going to be at 126 last as of last Friday. So, you know, that's domestic. So it's 258 worldwide. It's still at least $300 million away from breaking even. Yeah. I still want to see it, but it's it's definitely struggling. Just yeah. like pretty much all DC stuff has been. This is 100% a Hobo Max watch. There's no reason to go watch this in the theater. Anyway, yeah. um, I just happened to be going back to the browser for the Henry Cavill story, and it was on the uh, box office mojo for some reason. So, Cavill. because I like to look at <laughs> box office mojo throughout the week. Anyway, uh, all right, so a couple Henry Cavill news bits. Uh, one, he's not coming back to The Witcher, and they're trying really hard to replace him with Liam Hensworth as Geralt of Rivia question mark so take question a mark. coin question mark. from your witcher <sighs> M- mug your witcher because he's a, a little soy bitch i mean like what's yeah. happening here like how tall is liam hensworth like he he was in that oh. second um expendables movie where he got expended or was he in the third yeah, liam hensworth is is actually relatively tall i think yeah but he's like skinny and little well i mean you can you know you can Put weight on him. He's six well, three, so six he's a good three. size. Yeah, so he's about but as it, tall as Cavill, I guess. But yeah, but it's it's not that. It's because again, I thought. I mean, I think he's he's okay. He can't act, and if he was all this is the thing, games if, as what should have been like one of the best like characters with Gale. So again, he's okay, and I would have watched this show with him if he was in it. Although I, I, yeah. I likely would not have gone 
past the second season, or I would I likely wouldn't have watched the second season. Mm-hmm. Henry Cavill, as we know, he, oh I think we spoiled this anyway. Spoiler alert: there is a yeah he's he's back in the cow, the cape, not the cow. He's back in the cape as oh, Superman. Dude, how great would that be if they brought him back as Batman instead of Superman? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would be hilarious. Just just the the the, the butt hurtness on the net nerds. But That'd be so fun. this oh DC yeah. do it. They're not gonna do it. I know. So again, this this whole thing with Cavill is he this is again, we were talking earlier about these people like the creator and writer for Andor, Ruin Johnson not being fans mm-hmm. of the material. This guy is as big as a, a Witcher fan. He's he he's a mega fan. Hundreds of hours or you know, dozens of hours playing the Witcher games. Yeah. He yeah. loves the books. He he actually was one of those that that you know, put himself up for this role. It's like, hey, yeah, I can be the witch. I mean, he's one of the reasons and, this show got made because of his yes. fandom of The Witcher. Yes, and he's also fed up with the writers who hate The Witcher. Yes, and this this act that actually came out was that last week or the mm-hmm. week before that the writers weren't fans of the material, yeah. the games or the books. Right, and like when and, Roach died, they wanted to make a joke, and he like was like, no, I'm going to do this uh this this speech from the second book instead. Yeah. And this is the thing that, I mean, this is the same thing that we talk about with the MCU and stuff. It's bleeding into other, other things where you have good things. Like you have stuff like the terminal list, uh, that, and and the expanse that does a good job with the source material, the Witcher, the first season had a lot of the short stories and they did a good job, even though it was disjointed. Mm -hmm. I, they did a good job with some of the source material. Second season, I was very frustrated with the second right. season. And considering that when someone asked what you would change about, I, I can't remember if it was between season one and two or after season two, that Henry Cavill said, I think it was after season two. He said, you know, if, if I could do something more, it would be, it, it would be for you know us to stick more with mm-hmm. the source material. And he actually said that he said he would be committed to all seven seasons as long as they, uh, Yep. stayed with the original source material. And you know what? He's like, okay, you know what? I, Superman's back. I don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the, this show, and again, I, I know it, the first scene was divisive because I, I actually really liked the time aspect of it. I got what was going on. And it, like I said, from a lot of the short story perspective, it did stay with some of that source book material. Right. It cha- Don't get me wrong. It did. It absolutely changed stuff. I'm not saying that. For me, it was good enough where I was excited for season two. And then season two happened, and they just completely dump trucked what was some very good storylines for their own gratification or edification, whatever you want to call it. And this right here, I'm going to watch season three of The Witcher. And when Hemsworth comes on, I I mean, after this season, I'm not going to lie, I'm done with The Witcher. Mm hmm. And it depends on how good the first couple episodes are if I even finish season three. Because if it's anything like season two, I'm not going to put myself through that because I yeah. did not like season two at all. Right. Okay. So here he comments, he, he hasn't commented directly, right, about how frustrated he is. But he was on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast and he in, described how he invests in his roles and when he knows to walk away. He says, it's just a belief. If you believe in what you're doing, if you believe what you're doing is right, Hold on, let me start over. Words are hard. 
It's just a belief. If you believe what you're doing is the right thing, then you'll be able to keep doing it. If you realize you're doing the wrong thing, that's when you stop doing the wrong thing. You don't keep on going because that leads down a dark path. And, you know, here's the thing. If he's super frustrated with the role, and rightfully so. I, I mean, I tried to watch season two, and I couldn't get past the Beauty and the Beast episode, which I think was the second episode. Might have been the first. I have no idea. It was stupid. Yeah, that one actually was closer to what happened in the well, books than anything sure. they did in season two. Yeah. But and I everything else, I, remember, I have no. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's I, true. I, I've played exactly like three hours of, of The Witcher 3. <laughs> Um, (laughs) you know, so it's just like, I'm not, this is not like, you know, this is not the thing, but here's the thing. So he's got, uh, the upcoming, uh, Argyle on Apple TV from Matthew Vaughn, which is a spy thriller, which is in the vein of like the character he was in the man from uncle, which is fantastic by the way. Um, and returning to Superman. So here's the thing though, for the man of steel Two, don't call it the man of steel Two. call it Superman man of tomorrow and make him a new Superman. For oh, a new man, yes. universe. Cornerstone. Episode 157, DC. It's all mapped out. You can have <laughs> it for free. Just have Henry Cavill come on the podcast. Um, Again. And Ben Affleck. Stuff like this. Not together, though. Separately. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Again, stuff like this. Yeah. And when I say, I, I mean, look, reading oh, some sorry. of this, some of his Hawkeye. quotes in here. And Bitsy. Bitsy. Oh, oh, absolutely, yes. But yes. they have to Love come together. Talk. Yeah. They're they're package pair. Yep. Sorry. But but as far as this is what I this is what we talk about as far as people loving what they do. Mm-hmm. Not just the page. This guy absolutely loved the Witcher. He is a consummate professional. Like you said, he yeah, you know, he didn't he has there hasn't been any direct thing about his frustration. Although in the quote above what you just read, where he talks about in the books, there are complexities and nuance and long held conversation. They're talking about the accent he used. And if I were to use my natural accent, that would have worked for me. But due to the nature of there being a selection of storylines and those storylines being slightly adjusted and there being less of an opportunity to be extraordinary, verbose and nuanced and long conversations, I had to boil it down to Geralt's stony exterior and directness. This is a, that's you could tell that's that's kind of frustrating. I think he's a consummate professional in the sense of he's not like some of these other stars where he's just like, you know, at least right now, I should say, you know, just ripping on things or just talking about his disappointment. And and again, I just read an article about him and Millie Bobby Brown in an Enola Holmes, and she talked mm-hmm. about how her, as a co-star, you know, he's great and all this stuff, but his personal life is, you know, off off you know, off, right. off limits. Right. This is a guy I, I really like. I, I just really like some of the stuff I've seen online. And again, never met the guy who knows right. uh, what he is, but he's, he's kind of reminds me of, of, I would love to have a beer with Henry. Cavill. Sure. Yeah. Just like, yeah, we mentioned like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. There are some people you would just love to have a beer with. Actually, just sit I'd down like and just, just sit down and build with. computers with Henry Cavill. Just sit across from each other yeah. and just building computers, shooting the shit. Um, <laughs> you know, that being said, then you have this, horrible thing that was with G4 Frosk, whatever it is. Um, oh my. Who's out there like, he's problematic. He's a bad person. He dates 19 year olds when he's 30. Oh, he dated Gina Carano. Hey, guess what? He's not for you, Frosk. Don't watch. Fuck off. Peace. Yeah. You're <laughs> irrelevant, Frosk. Yeah. You're absolutely irrelevant. So, I, and, and here's the thing though. The, 
it pissed off most of the internet because, you know, Henry Cavill, what he said about Me Too, let me refresh everybody, mm-hmm. is he said, I, I, I think chasing a woman is it's the right thing to do. A woman wants to be wooed and, and chased. But in the world we live in right now, that that's not okay. So instead of going out and meeting someone, I end up going back to a relationship that probably isn't the most positive thing for me. That's essentially what he said. Like, I, I, I don't think I, I, I phrased it exactly. But, yeah, so instead of going out and having someone accuse you of something that you didn't do, you, you fall into old, old habits, old relationships that probably are you, – you left for a reason, you know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, and but I don't understand what's problematic about that. It's because of who, who's saying it, Yeah, to be honest. So – <sighs> anyway, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I just, I don't get why people like are, are trying to tear him down. You know, he, he doesn't like, he doesn't do anything. You don't like, like you look at his, his like Instagram account. He rarely posts, you know? And when he does, they're right. like, Oh, Hey, look, he posted. Um, but and, and and honestly, when it is, it's it's typically has to do with like a movie role, so, um, or building computers or or whatnot. But I, I, I <laughs> we're walking his dog bear. <laughs> yeah, I will say the first Enola Holmes movie was not horrible. I still haven't seen it. That's um, what I I it's, again. The, it's the kid on my watched backlog. it like several times. She she really enjoyed it, and I think the second one's out like maybe this week. I don't know. It came out today. Oh well, I, I guess I know what I'm watching tonight then. <laughs> so, uh, anywho, yeah. So you know, hey, Henry Cavill, more power to you. You go do you. You're a great Superman. You were a great Geralt of Rivia. Um, and it's too bad Netflix likes to destroy the things instead of building up the things, which I feel like we're going to be having that conversation about Avatar The Last Airbender in about a year. Oh, gosh. So, anyway. All right. Let's move on to what we're watching um, because we're almost at an hour. And we've been trying. We've been doing really good about staying under an hour. Um, Time flies, man. All right. So, uh Luckily, we don't have any crossovers, so this is great. Um, and we both spoiled one, so I'll go first. Uh, I've been watching the uh, season one of The White Lotus because season two just came out. Uh, it's a quirky, weird little show. It's six episodes. It's Steve Zahn, who I love. Coach, uh, Coach's wife is in there, Connie Britton, um, <laughs> Mrs. Coach Taylor. Uh, Jennifer... Um, Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom, is in there. Sydney Sweeney from from Euphoria is in there. Uh, oh and wow! Your girl Alessandra Daddario is in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Plop from The Office in the in the last whatever season. Uh, I have no idea what that actor's wow. name is. I will never know it. He will always be Plop. He was uh, like the new salesman that was hired there at the end. And so oh okay oh okay yeah yeah anyway. yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, Molly Shannon has a couple episodes. It's really interesting. It's this weird little hotel in in Hawaii, and and you know it's all rich people problems and and stuff like that. But it's really good. It's really well shot. I feel like it's really well acted. Um, 
It's six one-hour episodes, though. And to be honest, it easily could have been six, like, 35-minute episodes. So a little bit of... What would you say? Uh, oh, gravitas. Just a little bit of filler oh, just time? A, just a little bit of gravitas there. <laughs> no, uh, oh. <laughs> no I, yeah, it's just some of this stuff could have been, like, just, like, kind of honed in um, just a little bit more. But uh, it's really good. It's really good. It's really beautiful. And, and you know, it's my it's just my need for brevity and restraint um, that that says that. But it's well worth watching. The episodes do not feel like they're an hour long, for sure. Okay. Um, and and it's it's really quite good. And this, like I said, the second season is out. So um, we watched the first half of the first season two episode. Aubrey Plaza's in there. Um, the guy that was Doctor Doom in um, Fan Four's Dick is in there. I think that's who he was. Um, who played Doom? And I don't even know who Theo James. Doom in he didn't play Doom, did he? No, he played in uh, the Divergent movies that's as well as like that's what he was in. Yeah, he, he played in, in the last in in the last Underworld movie, which was god awful. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. Well. No, I, that's right. He was in the Divergent movies. That that is that's right. That's what he's from. I so. actually I actually like he was also in the the Time Traveler's Wife mm-hmm. uh, or the Time Traveler or oh, the Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah, that move the show on Netflix mm-hmm. based off the movie with Eric Bana. Yeah, and I tried watching that show, and it's just that got canceled though after a season. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm, so. It wasn't that great, but I, I mean, I like him as an actor. I think he's, I think he's fine. So mm-hmm. I think he'll, he'd probably be good in this, in that. Cool, 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 cool. Um, all right. So what's your first one? So my first one that I spoiled was The Peripheral, and it's based on a novel by William Gibson. I remember seeing this all the time out, and just thinking about getting it but it takes place in the future and it's funny because we were talking about vr stuff so it stars uh, chloe grace moritz and uh jack rayner the Ooh. weird guy though who he was what was that one which transformers was he and he was in the fourth one that yeah. was so bad uh age of extinction i think mm-hmm. yeah. but it's like they're they're brother and sister and in this show they both do, you know, we, there's a lot of VR stuff. And initially, you, you don't think it's going to be this big of a thing in the sense of, so this takes place, I think, in 2032 or 2040 or something like that. And then they get a, you know, just a, what they call a um, beta test for a new headset. And it ends up putting you in the body of someone 70 years in the future. Oh. And it's, so it's this, and then again, when that happens, you know, shit hits the fan and people are after them. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten far because this is only uh, this is the fourth the fourth episode just came out today. I haven't watched okay. it or anything. So we're three episodes in, and we're kind of getting an idea and a feel for who the who the antagonists are because you have the antagonists in the future as well as you have one that's in the present time. And I really like their relationship that, you know, the, you know, the relationship between, uh, so her name is Flynn mm-hmm. and in the, that's her character's name. Her brother's name is Burton. And there's some really interesting aspects of tech. Uh, like Burton used to be a soldier in the, you know, this special forces soldier. And there's this, and in that future, they have what you call like haptic linking, linking up of basically you have a, a, maybe an, a, a group of soldiers 
five, ten, and they link up through this haptic feedback system where it's almost like basically they're one organism and they they work as one. It's very very cool. I don't know enough about where it's going though, because again, there's a huge aspect of the future part, but you go back and forth between that future. I think it's future London versus the future, you know, the past in the United States. So a very good show. I'd like it so far. And like I said, Jonathan Nolan is behind it. It looks really good. Yeah. It's on our our to watch list. Like we, um, yeah, that's awesome. So I actually, so yeah, I'll segue. Looks really good. I'll segue into mine. My next one is uh, we rewatched season. Well, I rewatched Gen Watch for the first time, season one of Heels, um, because I had read uh, apparently erroneously that season two of Heels premiered on October 9th, twenty twenty two. Oh, they got you. And so I turned my stars back on, and we watched it, and then there was no season two. Is there is is there a? I mean, it got confirmed last year. Well, I mean, I, I know they were filming it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stephen Amell so. even said like something about that at like Comic Con or whatever, but it's not anywhere on the schedule. And if you if you look at uh, if you look at uh, like anything online for Heel Season Two, it all says uh, premiere date October 9th. So that, who that's really knows? weird stars hasn't said anything about it. And you know, it's just strange, but what are you going to oh. do? Can you do so? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You would think like stars would like have addressed that or something, but maybe they did. I, I don't know. Like since I'm back on Twitter, I was, I've been looking, but I, I haven't seen anything. It's funny you said that because I mean this is not on my list, uh, I, but I did start re- the re- my rewatch of Warrior Numb in Ooh. preparation for next week. Nice. So, yeah, I'm just gonna rewatch but, the oh. finale. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm just going start to finish. I, I mean, there's a couple things that, that are on Netflix, but I forgot to mention the peripheral is on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. a. I don't know. The, I think I'm going to go back and read the book. I'm curious cool. to see how close to the source material this is. But yeah. again, from what we've gotten so far, three episodes in, really good. Yeah. Thanks. Um, all right. Uh, so the peripheral, what's next? Midnight Mass. And again, this isn't, I was going to say this is an old one, but this came out last year. And it's by the, the creative mind of Mike Flanagan, who did House Haunting of Hill House. He also did Haunting of Bly Manor. It is. And, oh, and it stars are, you know, Matt Saracen, oh, by the way. Little Matty Saracen. Nice. Yeah. All grown up. So it basically it, it is him. He's coming back home. He's this little podunk. I would say town, but it's a little island. Uh that where it's like maybe 200 people on the island where he grew up from and there's this priest or this um you know this preacher monsignor that comes and because they're you know they're uh basically their head religious guy is gone and this new guy comes in and stuff starts happening he's very charismatic i mean very devoted very good job. Uh, and this show is, I, I wanted to watch it last year and I just never got around to it. 
man, this show is so good. Like we're probably watched the season, the series for now, because this is one of those that's a limited series, which mm-hmm. by the way, I, I don't mind that at all. You know, if you have a story to tell and then you can tell it over five to seven episodes, do it well, because all these, all these episodes in this show are over an hour long. And like some of them are like hour 10, hour 15, and it never feels that. So it's well done. I will say this show has more monologues of characters than I've ever seen in the show. Yeah. It, but it's, it's so well done though from a, and, and there's some really interesting camera angles that they use in cinematography. And I'm really being vague because there is a lot of, there was a couple surprises that, I wasn't expecting, but I really like this show. Yeah. I, I mean, I really like, I mean, I, I like Taunting of Hill House. I like this show better. Cool. It, it's, it's really good. There, there's absolutely a supernatural element to it. Um, there's some nice twists and turns, great acting, some ex, the, the dialogue in this show is phenomenal. And it just, just, so sometimes where you, where you have those monologues, you can get lost in the, be, and when I say, I mean, in general, where you can get lost and like, okay, come on, speed it up. But these, these, these characters, these actors do such a good job of keeping us interested in what they're saying, mm-hmm. even for extended times. And again, these are like extended cuts in the sense of they're not cutting back and forth a lot between multiple characters talking. So it's, it's a very good show. I, I would highly, if you like horror, if you like, you know, that supernatural type stuff if you like uh, mike flanagan's other work like haunting of hill house or haunting of Bly manor which i think it's better than both of those i would say take uh, check this out and this yeah this is on netflix only seven episodes but it's it's legitimately going to be seven hours of television cool 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 starts off i will say the first episode was pretty slow i was kind of nervous because it was pretty slow but Mm -hmm. after that it it does a really good job of just dragging you into the story nice very cool. All right. So my last one is um, I just decided to randomly rewatch Game of Thrones. I wonder why. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. I'm in season two. They just kidnapped the King's Leia. Oh, good, good job. The little John uh, or the great John, sorry, um, declared Rob King in the North. Oh man, I, it's such I, I a just, good show. It is such a good show. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna go back and we're definitely like I told you. I think I told yeah. you that last week. We're gonna probably around January. I mean, go we've back been talking. And, you and I have been talking about it for like months now, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like, yeah. It's it, and it's like the perfect thing to have on my tablet just as I'm going about my day. You know, um, it's just me. I don't have to wait for anybody else to watch it. Everyone, else, everyone I know has watched it. So anyway, all right. Um, since we're long on time, real quick, what's your last one? So the last one is the Watcher. It, it was again became a phenomenon a couple of weeks do ago. You, do where you toss a it's coin based to your on Watcher. <laughs> How did I know something like that was going to come out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposedly based on a true story. I, I'm, I'm assuming it's it's very loosely inspired by a true story. Uh, but it's oh, so it was based on a 2018 article from New York's The Cut, uh, and and it's ba- this family buys this house, move into this house that is way above their price range. They get this letter in the mail 
from this weird person like saying, hey, I'm watching your house. You know, why are you in this house? You know, this house has all this history and, you know, it's greed that brought you to. So it's a it's a mystery thriller there. This is one of those shows. I don't I would uh, let's be honest. I wouldn't be watching this if Jess didn't like it. But there have been a couple, especially after the fourth episode, there were some things that actually drew me in. Although I will say the writing makes you wonder, were they trying to get you to dislike every character in this show? Mm -hmm. It's one of those where it's like nobody is, you don't like anybody in this show, really, with with one or two exceptions. But the main characters, I would say, they're they're both annoying. Naomi Watts is in it. Bobby Cannavale is in it. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else that you would know. It's that one actor that we see in everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name, but oh, Shooter McGavin. Oh, um, oh, what is his name? Christopher McDonald. Christopher yeah, McDonald. Yeah, yeah, McDonald. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it's one of those that it. And again, these episodes aren't long. They're about forty to forty-six minutes long, okay. or something along those lines. So. I think this is going to, well, I thought this was going to be a limited series too, but it yeah. might not be. There's only seven episodes in this too. So this is, this is a lot quicker watch than midnight mass. And it's not nearly as heavy oh. midnight mass. I will say it has midnight mass really focuses on, you know, because it takes place on this small town with, with that's a religious town. It, it focuses on, on a lot of religion, but it, it does it in a way that I think any, even people, whether people who are deeply religious or not, can yeah. really relate because it's just a lot of times it's asking the question of why do you believe or you know what do you think about this how do you look at death and mm -hmm. so it, this is a the watcher is a much easier watch than midnight mass midnight mass is a little bit heavier much better show but mm -hmm. yeah this the watcher is good, is good i will say it's 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 some decent entertainment so that was the other thing we're watching. Cool. Uh, um, that that was the last on my list. Of awesome. What we're watching. So nice. All right. Uh, and looks like it's another Ryan Murphy show, just like um, yes, Dahmer, which he complained about them taking the LGBTQ plus tag off of there. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I He's mean, like, I know they did. I just laughed when they did that. I was like, well, oh, yeah, I wonder because, why they you know, did that. You know, you just can't. You can't have that, Daryl. It's problematic. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It's problematic. Problematic. It's it's like Netflix. How dare you put that tag on there? <laughs> oh, I didn't know he did American Horror Story. He yeah. did Nip Tuck too. Yeah, that's what that was like his first show. Dude, Nip Tuck is yeah. was great in how bad it was. Like it was so bad, it was so much fun. That was the first time I ever saw Peter Dinklage in anything that I remembered him from. I did not even know he was in that. Yeah, he was in like the third or fourth season. So, anyway, all right. Well, cool. Uh, on that note, we are we out, as they say. <laughs> we are out of time. We we love you three thousand, and we will be back next week with uh, more of our special brand of nonsense. Tune in next. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. 
To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons who are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.